the verse that I'm going to read. 1 Samuel chapter 15. I'll be reading from the King James Version. And I will give the ushers just a little bit more time. It was 1 Samuel 15, verses 20 through and uh, verse 22 and 23. I see a few more turning pages, and once we're all there, 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 22 and 23. It says, and Samuel said, hath the Lord as great, let me go back one more time. And Samuel said, hath the Lord great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obedience and the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Good morning and happy Sabbath. It's a blessing once again to be in the house of the Lord. April, when she was doing song service, she, she, she said something that really struck me. <clears throat> she said, the Lord sometimes allows you to do things that takes you out of your comfort zone. And brothers and sisters standing behind this desk, is definitely out of my comfort zone. But we have a God that is faithful. And this morning when I was thinking about being out of my comfort zone, the Lord took me to Exodus, Exodus chapter 4. In verse 10, it says, And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who have what? Who have made man's mouth? Are who maketh the dumb or deaf are the seeing of the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore, what? Go. Go, and I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. Brothers and sisters, I'm depending solely on the Lord this morning. To give me the words to say to thee. If he can speak through a donkey, he can speak through me. Let us pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I am but dust and clay. But Lord, you say, you promise that you would never leave us nor forsake us. As I just read the story of Moses in his beginning of his ministry, you told him to go, and you would be with his mouth. And Father, I ask that you would be with my mouth this morning, that the words that I may speak may come from the throne room of heaven, and may hearts be touched this morning by your word, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
This morning we'll be looking at <clears throat> the power of obedience. The power of obedience. What does the power of obedience depend on? Talk to me, church. The power of obedience depends on the decision of choice. The decision of choice. Now, we're going to look at a familiar story in Genesis chapter 2 that we're all familiar with. And we're going to glean from this example that has led to the, led to the demise of earth as we know it. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, looking at verse 16. The Bible says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest do what? But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil... Thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, what's those four words? Thou shalt surely die. Here God lays out the conditions of life. He gave a command. He gave the conditions. And here, we see that there was no secretive or anything hidden from Adam to know what it would take to have what? Eternal life. Adam had proof that God was the creator. God gave Adam proof in Genesis chapter 1 when he created the light, when he created the firmness, when he created the sun, moon, and stars, when he created the fish, the fowl, the beast, the cattle. He gave Adam proof after, God's create, after he was created, and then God put Adam in charge of the whole earth. Adam had proof that God was the creator. But we see in Genesis chapter 3 another story unfolds. In Genesis chapter 3 looking at verse 1 it says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, have God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge which is in the midst of the garden, God have said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye, what? Now here's the punchline. Verse 4 says, And the serpent said unto the woman, what? Ye shall not surely die. Now, Eve was confronted with a what? A choice. She has been confronted 
with a choice. Now question, what proof did the serpent give to Eve that he had the word he had power in what he said? None. The serpent had given no proof of his creative power. No proof that his word was true. And yet, Eve had the decision and the power of what? Choice. This morning, brothers and sisters, we're talking about the power of obedience. Eve made what? She made the wrong choice. The decision that Adam and Eve made became an example written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 11. Now when we look at the choice that Eve made Young ladies, women, if any man approach you inappropriately, what should you do? You should flee. What did Eve do? She lingered and had a conversation with the serpent. If a young man, young ladies, approach you inappropriately, don't give him the time of day. Flee. Married women, if a man approaches you inappropriately, what should you do? Run to get your husband. That's what Eve should have done. Let's look at our handout here. Number one. It says, When the Lord placed our first parents in the Garden of Eden, it was with the injunction that they dress it and keep it. God had finished his work of creation and had pronounced all things what? Everything was adapted to the end for which it was made. While Adam and Eve obeyed God, their labors in the garden were a pleasure. The earth yielded of its abundance for their wants, but... When man departed from his obedience to God, he was what? To wrestle with the seeds of Satan's sowing and to earn his bread by the sweat of his brow. Henceforth, he must battle and toil in hardship against the power to which he had yielded his will. Look at number two. It says man lost all because he did what? To listen to the deceiver rather rather than to him who is truth. Who alone has understanding? By the mingling of evil with good, his mind had become confused. His mental and spiritual powers benumbed. No longer could he appreciate the good that God had so freely bestowed. Adam and Eve had chosen the knowledge of evil. And if they ever regained the position they had lost, they must regain it under the unfavorable conditions they had what? Brought 
upon themselves. I had a quotation here, well, I thought I had. No, it's here, it's here. Number three says, the tempted ones needed to understand the true force of the, the will. The true force of the what? The this is the governing power in the nature of man, the power of what? Of choice. Everything depends upon the what? Right action of the will. Desires for goodness and purity are right so far as they go. But if we stop here, they avail nothing. Many will go down to ruin while hoping and desiring to overcome their evil propensities. They do not yield the will to God. They do not choose to serve him. Eve chose to listen to the deceiver over the creator. And after she was deceived, and after she came to tempt her husband, Adam had a choice to make. What experience, brothers and sisters, can we glean from this story? Ministry of Healing tells us in page 176, God has given us the power of what? Choice. And it, she goes on to say, and it is ours to exercise. This is what we can glean from this story. That the power of choice is ours to exercise. Could not God have stopped Eve? He could have stopped her from talking to the serpent. But if God had have done that, what would God have been doing? He would have, there it is, Chuck. He would have been taken away her freedom of choice. Brothers and sisters, we are coming down to the closing hours of Earth's history. Take not this little story that we have read so many times for granted. It is because of this story, the world is in the condition that it's in. It is because of this story that our propensities to sin is being drawn to. Adam and Eve knew nothing about sin. They had the, the willpower to resist. We don't have that. Only through the divine influence of the creator and the power of God can we resist what? Sin. Do you see, brothers and sisters, how important God, do you see that God means what he says through the power of obedience? God meant what he said when he told them not to partake of that tree. God means what he says when he tells us and gives us instructions on a certain way we should eat. God means what he says when he gives us instructions on a certain day that we should worship. God means what he says, brothers and sisters, when he gives us counsel and we refuse. 
God told us in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, that if we would hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, that he would not place what? Any of these diseases on us that he placed on the Egyptians. Why? Because he is the Lord thy God that does what? Healeth thee. God tells us in Joel too that he would restore the years that the locusts have eaten. God is a restorer, brothers and sisters. But we have to take God at his word. The power of obedience is to obey and to make the right choices that God has laid out plainly for us. Satan, the serpent, should, did not catch Adam and Eve off guard. They were warned, but they chose to disobey. We are not caught off guard, brothers and sisters, of what is about to come upon us. It is up to us to make what? The right choice. And we don't get a second chance, brothers and sisters. If we don't make it right here, there's no second chance. God is giving us the opportunity today if you hear his voice, do what? Please, please, harden not your heart. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, turn with me there. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. We're familiar with this. And we must, brothers and sisters, take every word that proceed out of the mouth of God to heart. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. Very familiar text. Are we there? It says here, there have what? No temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is what? Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation, will with the trial, also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to do what? Bear it. Brothers and sisters, are we looking for the way of escape? We must look for the way of escape, and the way of escape is in God's word. Let's look at another story. Turn with me to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3, looking at Verse 14, Daniel chapter 3, starting in verse 14. The power of obedience. Daniel chapter 3, verse 14. Are we there? Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, and we're familiar with this story. This is dealing with Uh, the dedication of the golden image and those who would not bow to the golden image were being prepared to be thrown where? In a fiery furnace. So here we have the backdrop of this story. Now, here we go. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods nor worship the golden image which I have set up, stop. 
Nebuchadnezzar spake to these individuals, and Nebuchadnezzar changed these young men's name to the gods of Babylon. But these young men knew who they were, regardless of the name change. Did you get that? Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah knew who they were. They knew what their names meant. Nebuchadnezzar calling them by their Babylonian names did not change their what? Character. Do you know who you are? Are you one person here on the Sabbath and are you another person outside of the Sabbath? Is your character the same tomorrow as it's supposed to be today? Do you know who you are and do you know who you represent? These young men knew who they were. These young men also knew who they served. And because of a threat from a man, now, don't get me wrong, Nebuchadnezzar was the most powerful individual in the world at that time. Yet, these young men knew who they served. Who is the most powerful man here in the United States? The president of the United States. If he threatens you to go against your conscience, what would you do? This story has been placed here to encourage us, brothers and sisters, who we serve. Continuing. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Remember that thought, brothers and sisters, that he had set up. We know through counsel that another image is being what? Set up. Now, if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the coronet, flute, harp, sopper, Sorcery and decimar and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that God? Mistake number one by Nebuchadnezzar. That shall deliver you out of my hands. I love this, brothers and sisters. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, President Biden, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. We will not worship on Sunday. Did you hear what I said? We are not careful to answer you in this matter. And I know this is being recorded. And so, I wish the camera could pan the audience so everybody else can be seen. So when they come after me, <laughs> they'll be coming after you. <laughs> we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. 
But here it is. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And then it goes on to say that then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This is our story. Coming to a time near you. This would be our story, brothers and sisters. Will we have the courage to stand? And the only way we will have the courage is if we are connected and linked with Jesus. These young men were connected with Jesus. These young men had a made up mind. This is no time to be wishy-washy. This is no time to be wavering. God is preparing us to have a made-up mind if we're planning to stand, brothers and sisters. God means what he says. Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 10. 1 Samuel chapter 10. 1 Samuel chapter 10. Another very familiar story that applies to us in these last days, brothers and sisters. 1 Samuel chapter 10, looking at verse 1. Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon the head and poured it upon his head, meaning Saul, and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord have anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? Verse 6. And the spirit of the Lord will come upon thee and thou shalt prophesy with them And shall be turned into what? Another man. Here, Saul, who was being anointed to be king over God's people, over Israel, here we see that God had prepared Saul to be king over the people. He had gave him what? Another spirit. So Saul was not caught off guard. He was not unprepared, I should say, to be king over Israel because God had gave him another spirit. But in 1 Samuel chapter 15, 1 Samuel chapter 15, we see a different parallel. 1 Samuel chapter 15, starting with verse 10, it says, Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, It repented me that I have set up Saul to be king. For he is turned back from following me and have not prepared and not performed my what? And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, It was told, Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set him up a place and is gone about and passed on and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, 
Blessed be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, What meaneth thee this bleeding of the sheep in my ears, and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. What did God tell Saul to do? God says to kill them all. Now, if we were in a university, and let's say it was a million people. And he killed over half of a million people. That would be about 90% or so. Help me out, college teacher. And that would still be a passing grade. 90%, we'll say. It's still a passing grade. But in God's eyes, it's what? It's a failure. Because God said what? Kill them all. But he saved the good of the sheep, and he also saved who? The king. But that was not God's instruction. God gives us instructions every time we open this word. But do we always follow them? God means what he says. Continuing. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord have said to me this night. And he said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, When thou was little in thy own sight, was thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed thee king over Israel? And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go, and utterly do what? Destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be what? Wherefore then? Didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag the king of, the Amalek, of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. What do we see that is wrong with this picture? Sin does what to the mind, brothers and sisters? It confuses. This man is confused, brothers and sisters. Here, Samuel comes and says, what is the bleeding of the sheep I hear? Yet, here Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord thy God. Something is wrong here, brothers and sisters. Sin confuses the mind. It says here, verse 21, But the people took of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. Do you think that if God, if President Biden was accused of something, then would he turn to his generals and say it was because of them when he's the head? Do you think he would do that? He probably would. But he is the head of the country. 
So he is the one to take what? Full responsibility. Do you see it? And yet he places the blame on the people. You know, brothers and sisters, we are told it's going to be because of the people that they pass a national Sunday law. The people. Why? Because of temporal prosperity. We want our money back. We'll do anything to get our money back. Just like we gave up our freedoms after 9-11. We would do anything to get our freedom back. And so now we have the Patriot Act and all these different things that has taken our freedom. We'll do anything except obey God. Verse 22. And Samuel said, Have the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to do what? To obey is better than what? And to hearken than the fat of rams. Mm. You know, brothers and sisters, obedience is the cornerstone of worship. In John chapter 15, John chapter 15, Jesus tells us, verse 5, he says, I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Why? Thank you, sister. For without me... Ye can do nothing. King Saul could not do nothing without the spirit of the Lord leading him. When he rebelled against God, he lost the spirit of the Lord to guide him. How is it, brothers and sisters, we're going to navigate through this world without the spirit of God? We can't do it. God has to be our eyes. God has to be our ears. He even has to have full control over all our senses that we would know how to navigate through this world. It says here, we're talking about the power of obedience. And I looked up the word disobedience. And in this next verse, what do you think I found in the definition of disobedience? In the next verse, 23. For rebellion. Disobedience, brothers and sisters, is as the form of rebellion. For rebellion is as the sin of what? Witchcraft. Now, what's, the, what's today's date? The 30th? The 29th? The 29th? Well, two days from now, we have a holiday. Well, thank you, brother. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Help the preach. Two days from now, there is a holiday. There is a holiday that commends evil things and different things. Uh, You know, we're going to see a lot of young people, not not in this church, but out there trick-or-treating, and, you know, they're going to be having uh, 
all these make-believe individuals, uh, Spider-Man and all these different things, which is not true, brothers and sisters, because no man can shoot something out of his wrist, can he? No. No man, I, well, I haven't seen it, unless he has some kind of instrument on his back, can fly. Satan is setting us up for the great fall. And it says, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And all witches, brothers and sisters, don't wear black and have a hat and a pitchfork. You didn't get that. <laughs> rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. All witches do not wear black pitchfork and a hat and a broom. Thank you. And then it says, and stubbornness is as iniquity and adultery. Mm. Stubbornness. Brothers and sisters, God is trying to help us to remedy the defects in our characters. And there's a little stubbornness in all of us. And when God reveals these defects, we need to get on our knees and say, Lord, thank you for revealing that. Help me to remedy this defect. We don't want to be practicing witchcraft. We don't want to be stubborn as iniquity and practicing adultery. We don't want none of that. God is going to have a church without what? Spot or wrinkle. Is that you? Is that me? It says, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he have also rejected thee from being king. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3, it says, But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Is he not faithful? Does he make a way of escape? Hebrews chapter 13, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that, what? Promise. Remember the Hebrews. Remember the Hebrew young men. Did they waver? Not at all. They were not afraid. You know, brothers and sisters, they didn't even break a sweat when they were threatened by the king. Mm. Let us read this last quotation here. As we prepare to close, it says here, the obedience of Christ to his father was the same obedience that is required of who? Amen. Man cannot overcome Satan's temptation without what? Divine power to combine with his instrumentality. So with Jesus Christ, he could lay hold of divine power. He came not to our world to give the obedience of a lesser God to a greater, but as a man to obey God's holy law, and is this and in this way he is our what? The Lord Jesus came to our world not to reveal what a God could do, but what a man could do through faith in God's power. To help in every emergency, man is, through faith, 
to be a partaker in the divine nature and to overcome every temptation wherewith he is beset. God has promised us, brothers and sisters. In the book of Jude, he says, he is able to do what? Keep us from falling. Do you like Job, brothers and sisters, want God to be able to say of you, a perfect and upright person? I know I want him to say that of me. Who escheweth evil, which means to avoid. He escheweth evil. Job, God has so much confidence in Job that he allowed Satan, he allowed Satan to test him because he has so much confidence in Job. Satan had so much confidence in himself that when he came to the the, 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 the uh, board meeting that God was holding, he was bragging about running to and fro in the earth. He was bragging. And God had to remind him, have you considered my servant Job? God has always had a people. God will always have a people. In Elijah's day, he had 7,000 that had not bowed the knee to Baal. In our day, he's going to have 144,000 brothers and sisters who would not bow the knee to the man of sin. Do you want to be a part of that group? And even if we're not a part of that group, we are told that we should strive to be among that group. Is that you? Is that me? Let us pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we have heard from your voice this morning. And Lord, we know that you are preparing a people to be able to give the loud cry in these last days. We are, as John the Baptist, a voice crying in the wilderness. Please, Father, continue to prepare us 